0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccency.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. Mark, chapter number one. Mark, chapter number one. We're going to be talking about prayer again tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for this privilege to be able to uh, to uh, pray, just, just outright just to be able to pray um, <clears throat> such a such a great thing, um, but uh, I want to I want to kind of go over tonight here just kind of out of the gate and kind of kind of you know get some get some feedback from the from uh, from the crowd here tonight. Um, reasons why we don't pray. Why why don't we or one in general? Um, what, what what kind of keeps us from praying or deters us from praying or uh, you know. Um, those sort of things. Well, any of you just call it out here, out of the gate here. Lazy. Laziness, laziness, bu- busyness, laziness, busyness. Um, I, can handle it by myself. I can handle it by myself. That, yeah, that's, that's good. Even though we may not audibly say that or, you know, but, but it's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> Mrs. Mohat. Distractions. <coughs> Distractions. Yes. Distractions. What are some, what are some other reasons, um, you know, they say, you know, if, you, if you're going to, you know, come to the conclusion that you have a problem, you've got to admit what it is, you know. Um, Brother Dave? Sin and Satan convincing me you don't deserve to be able to pray. Yeah. Sin and Satan convincing us we don't deserve to be able to pray. Yeah. That's it. Any any others? It's work. Yeah, it is. There, there's effort there. Yes. You don't want to hear what you like there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you're not ready to hear um, what he has to say you know, in regards to your prayer requests. Yeah, that's a good one, Tanya. Yes, Uh, Bob. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one I have written down. Yeah, we don't, we don't see, uh, we don't see answers. uh, We don't see anything happen. Um, That's, that is, that is another one. We pray and pray and pray and we think, you know, what's, you know, what am I doing here? Any other thoughts on why we don't pray? Um, I've heard, oh, go ahead. yeah mad at God, and you know yeah the and uh you know i 've seen people well, God already knows everything, he already knows what 's on my heart, so why, and it 's very clear in scripture that that 's not a reason to not pray uh, is because God already knows everything, we know we 're to talk with Him, we know that, otherwise, why would there be a command to pray why would there would there be an urgence to talk to God, and so uh yeah, any others before we before we move on? Uh, that, was, uh, that, was number, that was number one on my list, though, that I, that I had jotted down was uh, on why we don't pray, that we don't see anything happen. Uh, and uh, God is listening. Remember that, uh, that, that God still cares. No matter what you're going through, no matter what we face, God still cares. He still uh, is there for us during those times. Um, another reason I think sometimes we don't pray is because uh, we can't remember what to pray for. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't, we don't have a prayer list. We don't have anything guiding us. There's no discipline uh, area there. I, I remember Dr. Gibbs talking years ago one time. I heard him preach, and he said, um, uh, he, he mentioned, uh, he, he's always, I, I'm thankful every time I get to be around Dr. Gibbs, and he's, uh, he usually will bring up in some way, shape, or form Lester Roloff's prayer life, and how that man had, had a prayer life. He would get up at 4 a.m., and start praying. And he would pray for an hour, two hours every morning. Before, that was the start of his day. was talking to God. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I'm not telling you in here that you got to pray two hours, you know, every night, every morning to get, be right with God. Uh, but I tell you what, there ought to be somewhere in there where there's, there's, there's a set apart time where we're taking to be alone with God. Uh, but uh, you know, um, I heard Dr. Gibbs say this. He said, show me your prayer list and I will tell you about your prayer life. And, um, you know, I think it's very important that we do have, we pass you out a prayer list every Wednesday. You say, I don't have a prayer list. Well, there's a start. That, that's a start to it. Um, but there's a lot of things, uh, I jotted down, um, you know, things to pray for. We pray for, um, <coughs> let me see my list here, uh, <laughs> our little, my literal list. Um, but we have, we pray for our, well, let me, well, let me, I tell you what, let me, let me get it from the floor. I want to kind of go that route this evening. Um, who can give me some areas that we can pray for, People we pray we could pray for or whatnot. Who uh, who can give me some things? Any uh, any ideas? Yes. Family, church, family. That yeah, uh, yeah. Bob. Missionaries. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Any others? <coughs> People we can pray for. Ron, I saw your hand. Our country's leaders. Our country's leaders. Yep, that's that's a great one. Uh, anyone else? Yes. Salvation for family members, in particular, not just for our family, uh, but praying particular. Yeah, that's that's right. Any others? Any others? I think you go ahead, Mrs. McBay. You as our pastor and for yeah. the of the church. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yes, wisdom. pray for wisdom. There you go. That's a different category than just uh, just praying abroad. You know, any any other thoughts? Yes, George. Yeah, that's right. Frank. forgiveness. Forgiveness? So we mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, forgiveness. Uh thanksgiving. The Bible talks about coming before his presence with thanksgiving and uh First Thessalonians. So there's there's another. So there's a lot of things. Uh, family. Uh, you know, w- sometimes we feel like, oh, if we pray for ourselves, that you know, maybe that's being selfish or that that. But uh, and I think that there is something to there. I think there's a, t- a place to pray for ourselves. Uh, but it shouldn't be just about ourselves. Uh, praying for our community. Praying for uh, our community. You know, Brother Ron kind of talked about it. Our leadership, our our in our presidential up, up up very high there. But our city councilmen, all that sort of thing, as they make small. Smaller decisions uh, that make a difference, praying for our community to come to Christ, praying for the church, praying for our nation, Uh, praying for, Mrs. Mohat mentioned it, uh, non-believers to be saved, Uh, praying for the sick. Uh, for their res- restoration to health, James chapter 5, uh, for sp- spiritual strength and the peace of mind of those, uh, for the, the poor and the oppressed, the Bible talks about, um, such as the homeless, the fatherless, the the unborn children and Proverbs 29, 7. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and you can, we can go on and on and on. Um, I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned in different times in prayer, uh, you know, there's different people. I actually, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I actually printed out a list of all of our congressmen. I don't have it with me here tonight, but all of our congressmen, all of our senator, you know, the, all that stuff. I printed all their names out and that, you know, of course, from year to year that changes, but I printed them all out and, and I took a year and I prayed down and I would take one day a week where I would pray for them specifically. Like Tuesday, that was my time to pray for all of our, you know, from the, from the community, counselor, you know, Blue Ash counselors, Cincinnati uh, mayor, all that, all the way up the chain uh, and I would have my list and I would go down and I would pray for them. That helped me uh, to better know who they were as I would hear their names and, the, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening to the news or whatever, it would help me to uh, know more about them. And uh, and let me say this, it also helped me better know how to pray for them um, and knowing where they stood on some things, you know, and so those areas. So uh, so uh, sometimes uh, there's, well, let me say this, there's some people that I take a list that I'll pray through every day. Like our church family has prayed for, on my behalf, is prayed for every day. That's a part of what I'm to do uh, as a pastor, as I'm looking out for you. But then there's other areas that I don't pray for every day. I will pray for uh, once a week on Wednesdays or Fridays. I'll have a list of those people that I'll pray for. Uh, pastors and evangelists. I have about 50 pastors that I pray for every day, uh, or excuse me, once a week. Make <laughs> get that mixed up. Once a week that I will pray for them on Thursdays. That's my day to pray for those pastors and evangelists uh, during that time. And of course, with other things. And so what I I'm saying is uh, there's a priority there. Uh, I can't pray for everyone. I can't pray for my whole prayer list every day. I would never get anything done, but I can prioritize it throughout the week to where I'm praying for them. Does that make sense? Uh, and so uh, you know, there's there's areas uh, that gets every day, our churches every day, my family gets prayed for every day. There's no exception unless I don't wake up. <laughs> uh, they they get they get prayed for. And so those are some areas uh, that we, that I do there. And so uh, you know, we don't, we don't pray sometimes. We don't see things happen. Uh, we can't remember what to pray for. Uh, you know, those are some things. That's why I like to write it down. I like to have them written. Um, <clears throat> you know, here's, here's another one. And I think it was kind of mentioned, but uh, we're not sure that our prayers matter. We're not too sure that our prayers even matter as we're praying and thinking, you know, is this even God out of all the people you're dealing with? Do I even make a difference in this thing? Are you even really hearing me? Uh, But God wants, if I can say this, God wants us to be world-class at prayer. There's a lot of things that we cannot do because of our limited ability in different ways. And what we're able to do, maybe for service to God, everybody has their own limitations, but there's one limitation. If you've got a brain to think, you can pray. You can pray. And let me say this, if you would please write this down, I'd mentioned it already, but be world-class at it. Be be world-class at it. Don't make prayer an afterthought. Don't make prayer something that that's uh, uh, oh I forgot so now let me do this. I, I understand there's there's occasions where that happens where you wake up late you you know just throughout the day uh, you know that sort of thing. But if you think about different people in the Bible, you think about David. David said, "Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, and he shall hear my voice. Evening and morning and at noon he prayed to God." You think about uh, Daniel. Daniel is a man of prayer. He was known for that. Those are two two areas that those men uh, where they were the type of people you went to when you wanted somebody to pray for you. Uh, those, those were who you went to. And so, uh, so they had that reputation, but let me say this. There's nothing that's keeping you and I in here, uh, from having a reputation of saying, Hey, let me pray for you. And you know how people can pick up on that, uh, in conversation when you go, uh, when, when you're with them, when you're, you're just for conversation sake, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be praying later on. Is there anything that I can pray for you about? I try to do that when I'm visiting, when I visit people in their homes, uh, I don't do it every time, but say, Hey, you know, um, is there anything that I can pray for your family about that you're going through? And I don't know that I've ever had anyone reject me of that. Yes. Actually, if you could pray for, you know, fill in the blank. Um, it's a great practice to be in. Uh, let me say this, uh, that it'll help you in the church. Uh, now, obviously, you don't want to just walk us away. Hey, I want to pray for you. What do you want to pray for? You know, during handshaking. I'm not telling you to, t- you know, tackle somebody that way. Uh, but it's a good thing to connect you with other people. Hey, is there something I can pray for you? If somebody lifts up, you know, somebody in prayer here tonight, maybe that's a conversation piece for you uh, on Sunday. Hey, I prayed for so-and-so this week. How are they doing? And, you know, don't tell them you prayed for them unless you prayed for them. Uh, but that's a way to check in with them. Hey, how are they? How, how are things going with that? And uh, I want to encourage you with that. But if you would look at Mark chapter- chapter 1. That's kind of my my intro here. And uh, you're thinking, man, I hope the main uh, meat here isn't that long. But no. Uh, Mark chapter 1. And we're going to look down in verse 35. Down in verse 35. (coughs) The Bible says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek thee for thee. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns, and I pray, excuse me, and I, I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And so in verse number 35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Uh, I've found that if I'm going to pray, and I'm going to have a prayer life, uh, there needs to be a time set. There needs to be a time set, or it's more than likely not going to happen. There needs to be a time set, but also there needs to be a place. Ladies and gentlemen, there needs to be a place. Now, some of you are probably thinking, preacher, uh, I know this. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm world-class at this. Yeah, I don't need this message tonight. Uh, I promise you this is something that you'll need a reminder on at some point because we always get in, seems like it, things come up in life and we get into this rut where we, we, we just, we separate. And remember, prayer is not just, uh, prayer is not just, um, you know, something that we just do every day. Uh, let, let me say this. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with John R. Rice's statement, prayer is asking and receiving. I don't necessarily fully uh, agree with that. Uh, I believe there can be a mindset of prayer is going to God, asking for something, and he just gives it to us. Uh, I believe there ought to be a prayer of faith. I believe there ought to be a desire there. Uh, But I believe we can get into the the commercialism of that. And we can get into this, the rut of that of, you know, God, this is what you got to give me. And I don't believe that should be the desire at all when we come before him. And I believe when we do come before him, there should be a balance there. Hey, God, uh, Lord, we thank you for who you are. I mean, lifting him up and praising him in that time. I believe there should be a part of that. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's some things about the life of the Lord uh, that, uh, have, have to do with who he was. And I could never, uh, you know, duplicate his perfection and in, in myself. Uh, but the fact that he was disciplined, uh, is, is the matter that I want to bring up here tonight. The fact that he rose up, he knew that he had to come apart. Now, you know, it's just life happens. Life is going to happen. Things are going to come up that you're not expecting, things are going to happen. It's just how life is. And so that's why we must have that. Now, for some, I remember in Bible college, they they really, really uh, pleaded with us to have a walk with God early in the morning. And now that I'm in full-time ministry, let me say that is the best time for me is early before my kids wake up, before my wife wakes up, before the dog's yapping, uh, I get out and I get alone. And here's the thing, sometimes it is a different place. It's not always that my office, I have a home office, a little small home office at my house. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's at the, at the dining room table. Sometimes it's in the living room. Uh, don't get so hung up on it has to be in this place or I can't walk with God. It's kind of like the person who feels that they have to come to church in order to get saved. Uh, no. Hey, I'm just glad and God's just glad you're spending time with them. Can I say sometimes I get a call in the morning that says, preacher, we need you. And I have to get up and go. And you know where my, uh, you know, where my prayer calls it is. It's in my car. It's in my car. There's times where I've had to, uh, where making it a priority. My pastor Oscar Cox taught me that he said, Nathan, he said, sometimes, uh, your prayer closet is going to be somewhere in that hospital as you're sitting there for five hours through that surgery. Sometimes your prayer closet is going to be sometimes, Hey, you know, but B North, they have a chapel. Sometimes that's been my prayer closet. Um, sometimes it's a waiting room off to the side where nobody's at. I'm on my face Ask, Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that makes me more right because I'm, what I'm trying to say is don't get hung up on. It has to be okay. I didn't, because I've seen people do this, uh, a preacher, you know, my prayer calls that I had to leave right away and I couldn't, you know, busy all day. Well, find a, find five minutes on your lunch break. Um, you know, take take a few, I'm not saying take all 30 minutes of your lunch break, take five minutes of it and spend time with God. You know, there's so many things. It's a good reset button for us. You know, when we go to God, whatever problems we have, they should be <laughs> cast at his feet at that moment. Everybody who's been bugging us, you know what it helps us do? Prayer does so many things. It helps us adjust our attitude. You know, that boss has been giving us all this grief, and I tell you what, next time he comes by my desk, I'm going to tell him what for. Hey, no, 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 wait a second. You need to get on your face before God and pray. Go to the bathroom. Don't get on your face in the bathroom, but go to the bathroom if you have to. (laughs) Don't. Nope. But spend that time. Here, don't, 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 don't miss this. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. If we're going to eat right, we've got to be disciplined. Listen, you're not just going to, I don't know, how many of you in here, I don't want to make an absolute statement without checking with you. How many of you, by default, you eat what you're supposed to eat, when you're supposed to eat it, every day of your life? You never have any struggles with it. Anybody? (laughs) I thought so. I'd make sure maybe that one, somebody like Brother Horsley would raise their hand during that time and mess up my illustration. (laughs) But we struggle with things, don't we? And, And until we become disciplined, to eat what we're supposed to. Hey, if we're going to start putting the right things in that grocery cart, we've got to be disciplined. If we're, going to, if we're going to pray, I'm not saying a prayer list makes you right with God, but it helps us stay disciplined. You know, I used to have all my prayer lists used to be uh, on paper, uh, but I'm thankful now for uh, technology and I can have it on my phone so I don't have the excuse of I forgot it at home. I've got it on my phone. I can pull it up. Hey, it's such a wonderful thing technology can be. <clears throat> but the prayer life of Jesus illustrates a discipline. In our text, the Bible says that Jesus had the discipline of a set time that he spent with his heavenly father in the morning, rising up a great while before the day. He had a, 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 he had a time uh, where he just got alone with God. And you know, uh, that is something that I think it helps to be able to watch. I remember watching my grandpa who's a godly man who would spend time at the dining room table every day, every day he was there around lunchtime. He was at the dining room table before he ate lunch. He got in the word of God and then he'd go in and he'd get on his face. And he was in his eighties when I remembered him back in the late nineties. And he got on his face and spent time with God. You know what he did every night before bed? When I got to stay the night at his house, it wasn't that often, but when I did, you know what he did? Uh, he, he'd, he'd get ready get in his PJs. He'd go over, he'd sit on his bed because he couldn't always get down on the ground. And he would sit there and he would bow his head and whoever was there, he'd get him involved. He'd say, let's pray. We're going to talk to God. And he, you know what he did? He modeled to us. He modeled to us what it was to pray. He modeled to us what it was to read the Bible. He showed us by example, but it wasn't just, oh, I hope everybody sees me. No, when he, when you walked into his house, if you were going to eat a meal, you were praying. Well, if you went to his house and you were getting ready to go to bed, he made sure, hey, let's, and he'd gather you together and he'd say, all right, now we're going to spend time in prayer. Can I say that's a very good idea for us to, to kind of get in, in, in a, and if I can say, in a commune with each other in our household, getting on the same page, put all the tablets down, put all the technology down. Hey, let's spend time uh, uh, just here together in prayer. I tell you what, it's so important I don't know if you have a habit uh, of, of praying with your spouse, but can I encourage you, your significant other, uh, can I encourage you to have that time, if you can, at least a few times a week, but shoot for every day before you go to bed. Hey, that's a good way to not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Spend time together in prayer. Hey, you want to come together even closer? Hey, honey, let's pray. Hey, is there, I, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands because it, it could be embarrassing in here tonight, uh, but I wonder how many in here actually do turn to their spouse before uh, each day, each week and say, hey, what can I pray for you about? You know, we get so wrapped up in the rat race of life that it's always about pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Hey, do we stop and say, hey, honey, what can I pray for you about? How about your kids? Do you do that? Oh, my kids are grown and out of the house. Who cares? Are they still your kids? doesn't matter how old they are. Call them. Hey, how's it going? Hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? I tell you what, that's, that's a huge, huge, huge thing. Uh, but you know what? We just, it's something that we, we neglect. But how about if we integrate that into our lives where it's a part of our day-to-day? Just as much as the morning coffee routine, just as much as the morning scrambled egg routine, just as much as the getting ready for work routine. How about the prayer time together? And listen, uh, there's nowhere in the scripture that it says you've got to pray for two hours. I'll tell you right now, uh, Brother Damascus, we went to Bible college and you remember Brother Tom Williams and Brother Tom Williams would come in and he'd say, "Uh, I spent two and a half hours with God today. (sighs) Forget it. Ain't got time for that. I can't, I mean, I'm serious. I literally, as I looked at my day and I thought, I do not have time to pray for no two and a half hours. But here I was comparing myself to him. Nobody says you got to pray for an hour. Hey, a prayer time. But here's the thing. When we start getting in that throne room and and God starts moving, I'll tell you, two minutes just isn't going to cut it. Two minutes isn't going to cut it. I I, I have a, we should spend more time than that just bragging on God, in my opinion, in my opinion, bragging on him, uh, you know, so, but spending that time, I'm not here to tell you, if you're this, I mentioned to you, let me get back to on track here, Uh, when I mentioned in Bible college, they would stress for us to pray in the morning, but I remember uh, several students saying, you know, I'm just, I'm not alert in the morning, I'm not a morning person, and uh, I'm a halfway morning person myself, and, uh, but uh, I'm not like some of you sickos who wake up smiling, and you know, and, uh, you know, give me a little bit of that coffee and then I'll get going. How many of you are coffee and then I'll get going type of person. All right. How many of you put your hands on? How many of you are morning people? You wake up. I mean, you're out of the, I knew Frank, I knew Frank was, and several of you says Hey, Hey, praise God for that. But not everyone is. Here's my thing. Don't anybody bully you that, Oh, if you don't have a prayer life in the morning, then you're not having the right one. Well, Hey, I'm for you having one, whether it's at morning, noon, evening, whenever, all three in between. Praise God, just just have that prayer time with God. And all this is leading up, by the way, to the Lord's Prayer. I'm building all this toward there. So Jesus, what did he have? He had a steady habit. In verses 36 and 37, the fact that his disciples knew where to find him gives proof of his habitual practice of going to a set place. They knew where he was. Well, I'm telling you what, that that would just, imagine how amazing that was to be able to travel around for several years with Jesus and, and learn from him and what it was to talk with God firsthand and in the flesh, so to speak, I guess is what I'm saying. But this was for Jesus, this was a daily Activity. It was a part of his routine. If you could say he had a calendar set to it, he had an alarm set to this thing. I have on my cell phone. I have so many different calendars, and I've said this, and some people have got mad at me in the in the past on this, but but I still stand on this. If you need to set an alarm to remind you to to have your prayer time, I'm for it. I'm for it. Hey, will you set alarm for everything else? Set it for your laundry? Set it for your for your television shows? Set it for all the stuff? Hey, set it to remind you before you go to bed. Make sure you get on your face and thank God for that day. Lord, I didn't deserve it, but thank you for it. <clears throat> the Christian life is a disciplined life. <coughs> This is what the Bible says, is what we're saying when we're continually going through it. This is what's right when we walk with God, when we talk with Him. uh, It's so, so vital uh, that we make this priority. Can I say that I think God absolutely deserves to have time set aside for Him from us. You know, we we think about tithing and our money, and some people gripe about that, but What about tithing our time? Tithing our time. If you think about in the scheme of it, uh, you know, however many hours, however many minutes you break it down, how much time we spend with God. We spend a few hours at church a week. We spend, you know, the outreaches, different things. Uh, But how much time do we actually set apart for God? Can I say that he is worthy of it tonight? Do you have that time? Do you have a place? Maybe that changes. I, I, I mentioned that. How important that is. You know, a preacher came to John Wesley. Many of you know John Wesley, great missionary. He said, it's rumored that you spend two hours a day in prayer. Is that true? Wesley said, yes, that is true. From four o'clock to six o'clock every morning I pray. The preacher said, well, I'm just too busy to pray two hours a day. Wesley said to him, sir, I'm too busy not to pray two hours a day. I cannot get done what has to be gotten done for the Lord without his help and intervention in my life. And can I say that I believe that's so true. Oh, I don't have time to pray. Hey, what we're saying when we don't pray, and one of you has mentioned it here, is, God, I don't need you. I think it's Mrs. Horsley. I can do this on my own. I've got this. Can I say that we don't, the moment you get to the point where you can rely and function without prayer, that is a dangerous, dangerous place in the life of a Christian. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Amen. Can I say fervent? The Bible talks about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. A fervent prayer is not an accident and it's not uh, an incident. It's a discipline of life. Fervency. It's something that becomes a part of our character. It's something that becomes a, a good habit. It's something that you ultimately do uh, by reflex and with, with a hunger for communion with God. How many of you have ever uh, prayed? And uh, I can't tell you how many times we've done this. My wife, should be so busy getting everything together and I'll sit down and I'll say, all right, let's pray and we'll pray for the food and then we'll get down and, and I'll take a bite and Jenny said, did you pray? And I'm like... Well, I can see that got, got past you. And <laughs> yes, we prayed. And, you know, and she's like, oh, I guess I was just so busy and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And hey, that's, that's, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, isn't it amazing how folks talk about not having time to pray? <clears throat> I know I need to. Uh, you know, I just don't have the time. You know, isn't it strange that they have time to eat? We have time to go to work. We have time to to watch our shows. We have time to read that book. We have time time for the things that we want. We do. Sometimes we've got to reprioritize our time. The Bible says that Jesus went out a great while before the day. The psalmist of Israel said, early will I seek thee early will I seek thee. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says that uh, Peter and John went up to the temple at the ninth hour, being the hour of prayer, a scheduled time where they got together to pray. How, how about that? David said evening and morning and at noon, will I pray? They had scheduled times, set times to get in touch with God. Can I say uh, that prayer and Bible study um, for a lot of churches, It's there, there's really no prayer at all. They just show up and they They'll get into the Word sometimes, but that's kind of it. That, that ought not be the focus of a prayer and Bible study. Uh, Daniel knelt in his room with his window open toward Jerusalem seven times a day. Did you get that? Seven seven times a day. Seven times a day. The Bible makes it very clear that when God created Adam and Eve and put them in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They spent time with him. Can I remind you in here today that we as Christians, uh, what makes us a Christian is the fact that we accept Christ, that we follow him. And you know, I don't know about you, but when you follow somebody, you take advice from them, you learn from them, you glean from them, you're discipled by them. And a lot of Christians aren't discipled by Christ through the word of God. They're discipled on whatever it is they can get their hands on. Whatever book they can find, whatever preacher, TV preacher they can find <clears throat> two statements that the Bible makes about Jesus, the fact first that he he got he got before the throne in, in the morning. and I believe solely the purpose of that is because. Once that day starts going, he knew he wasn't going to have time to after that in the sense of that quality alone time. Why? Because he had a lot of men following him. (laughs) He had a lot of people asking him questions, a lot of people uh, trying to trick him up, a lot of people trying to do a lot of things. And so he said, all right, now this is the best time. And I personally have found that's the best time for me because I don't have all of the distractions when it's at that time. And then it says a great while before the day, significant, very significant God, I believe God is more concerned that you and I fall in love with him than that we fall in love with his work. Did you get that? I'm for, I'm for, you know, years ago, I mentioned this not too long ago. uh, Years ago, I had a lot of pastor friends start falling in immorality and a lot of, a lot of sick sin. And I, I mean, four of them that I was, that I knew, friends with. And every one of them, every one of them around that time where they were fallen probably six months prior, a year prior, whatever it was, they started getting so busy that they neglected and they stopped having their time alone with God. Every one of them, you go ask them, every one of them, they stopped that communion with God because, and listen, here, here's the sad part. Most of them, most of them, it was due to things they had going on at the church. They had this huge conference put on that they had to do. They had this youth youth conference they had to do. They had this, whatever the case was. And so that de- became the priority and therefore prayer time went by the side. Can I say that our church is better off to have no conferences, to have no youth rallies, to have n- any of that stuff if it's gonna cost our people their walk with God? Amen. Plain and simple. God wants that time with him. You know there's a lot of preachers of yesteryear who who had from what I can read and reading in books, all these preachers, they had the power of God on them. And I believe they had the power of God on them, not because they were just great men. I believe it's because they had a walk with God. How many of you know Francis Asbury? You recognize that name. He was an old circuit riding preacher and <clears throat> He would have to wrap his body because he had health issues, take a stick and twist it and ride for 50 or 60 miles in some cases in great pain on horseback in his day. He said this about his prayer life. He said, I purpose to rise at four o'clock as often as I can and to spend two hours in prayer and meditation. These men probably went to bed about eight or nine o'clock, by the way. You can't go to bed at two in the morning and get up at four. It doesn't work that way. But these men, you know what they did? They prioritized. You know, if I'm gonna get up and start my day with God, if that's what you're gonna do, then you're gonna have to do, you have to prioritize it, prioritize it. Now don't raise your hands, but I just, I simply wanna ask in here tonight, how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Sometimes we need the hard question, the hard question. How's your prayer life? Is it where it needs to be? Don't raise your hand. It's between you and God. Is your prayer life where it needs to be? Do you talk with God as much as you feel you should? Now, I, now, here, I understand, you know, you say, oh, I spend an hour every day with God, but I wish it were three, so I'm not right. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is if we don't have a purpose time every day, every day, whatever time it is, every day, we need to develop that in our lives. Make it a priority. Make it a discipline. Add it into our lives. You know, the reality is people, you think about what the, disciples, what the disciples had to do. When they came to Jesus about prayer, what did they ask him? Teach us. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Can I say this? That if you've been saved 10 years, you shouldn't have to have somebody teach you to pray. That should be something that's been disciplined in your life. If you're not, I'm not trying to beat you up about it. What I'm saying is, at this point, as we're getting ready to lead in, not tonight, but we're getting ready to lead into the Lord's Prayer. Here's the deal. Uh, it ought to be something that's disciplined. There, there's some things, let me say this, and I'm going I'm to finish up for tonight. There's, there's some things that my kids are not going to leave my house without knowing how to do. My kids will not, I will not send my kids off into the world at 18, 19, 20 years old if they don't know how to keep a checkbook. Did you hear me? I will not send my kids out into the world if they don't know how to do their own laundry, make their own bed, make meals. Now, listen, I'm not saying Papa Totino's pizza in the oven. I mean, know how to make some meals, not just throw some cereal in a bowl, but know how to scramble some eggs. But listen to me now. I want my kids, upon leaving my house, I want them to know how to take a Bible and how to study the Bible. I want them to know what the gospel means. I I want them to know, listen now, I want them to know, and whether they take it and run with it, it's up to them after they leave my house, but I want them to know how to get a hold of God. I didn't say just, now lay me down to sleep. and pray, Lord, my soul to keep by side before I wake. pray, Lord, my soul to take. Lord, thank you for my mom and dad. Please bless all the people. Please be with all those who are on our prayer list tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. That's kind of how our prayers are sometimes, aren't they? I didn't say I want them to know how to recite a prayer. I said I want my kids to know how to get a hold of God. There's a difference. There's a difference. Keep coming on Wednesday nights, and we're going to show you how to get a hold of God if you don't know. Very, very important, church. I cannot overemphasize the importance of time alone with God. I just can't. One thing we tried to do when I, was, when I worked at Indian Creek Baptist Camp, Brother Reno, he would, they would, we would have what was called time alone with God every morning. We'd get up, we'd go to the flagpole, we'd go over, we'd eat breakfast, and then for 30, 45 minutes, it was called time alone with God. And that's where he encouraged all the campers to spread out. And they did this for that week at camp. They would spread out by themselves, go out wherever they wanted to go, go out to the the trees, go out into the field and lay in the grass, whatever, and read your Bible and talk with God. And I remember him making this statement, Brother Reno, in a staff meeting one time. He said, many of these kids coming in here have no idea what time alone with God is. He said, they will be introduced to it this week. He said, and you're a part of that. absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Can I say that across the board in our juniors ministries and our teen ministries, Brother David, is he's in here tonight because of just sickness, uh, but he's teaching on prayer on Wednesday nights as well over there. Can I say that it's such, such a vital thing. What we do is we get in trouble and we want to run and we want to tell and try to have somebody fix our problems instead of going to God first. Oh, would you spend time with him? If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have a prayer time, if you don't have a prayer place, make it a priority, a discipline now, right now. I'm going to pray. We're not going to have an invitation time like, like on, a, on, a, on a Sunday. But when I'm praying, I want you in your heart right now, if you don't have a prayer time, say, Lord, help me to establish this. Whatever time works for you. You're not a morning person. Okay. Before you go to bed, whatever. Lord, help me. Help me do it. You know, how about tonight? How about tonight? Go home. Lord, help me do this. Set your alarm. I don't know about you, but I work very well off of alarms. How many of you have a cell phone? Raise your hand. All right, put your hand down. How many of you do not have a cell phone? Raise your hand. All right, Ethan, that's good. I'm glad. And you're not getting one until you drive a car. Do you know why? Do you know why my 12-year-old doesn't have a cell phone? because pornography is absolutely insane. The pop-ups that still happen on these phones, and when people want to argue with me, I'm not here to beat you up, but you give, you give your little 12 and 13, 14-year-old boy a cell phone, I promise you, within the course of a week, they're going to see nudity in some fashion in the course of a week. I promise you. I promise you. Oh, I'm the old school preacher But I'm watching what's going on in my son's eyes as best I can. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Prayer time. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbcincy.com.